Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, where I learn how to be an overcomer. The Bible said that God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tested or tried above what you're able to overcome. And he will always make a way of escape. He'll always make a way out, a way of victory. So there's no such thing as a child of God, you being in a situation that's impossible to overcome. It can't exist. God won't allow it. If you're in a situation, you just know by the fact of it being there, you can overcome. I can triumph in this situation. I can come out victorious. Now, if you don't believe you can, you're stuck. Like we've been talking about, unbelief can rob you of your answer and your miracle. But if you'll dare to believe, no matter how bad it is, I can get out of this. I can get out victoriously. I can overcome. Victory is mine for the taking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, all of us, agree together about this, that you have made us overcomers. You've made us victorious ones, more than conquerors. And so we choose to believe that no matter what we see or feel. And we're asking you for help today. We're asking you to, to build us up and, and strengthen us and open our eyes, ears, hearts, and minds and, and show us uh, the truth that makes us free. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In Hebrews 3, let's look again. Uh, in our text for our series, we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. We're warned in verse 7, Hebrews 3, 7 says, As the Holy Spirit says today, if you'll hear His voice, harden not your hearts. So when the Lord says, don't harden your heart, what do you say? Okay, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> don't. And then you got to keep telling yourself, right? And if you're tempted to get stiff-necked and stubborn, what do you do? Get a hold of yourself and say, quit that. Quit that. No. Do not harden yourself. And do not harden your heart about this stuff. Uh, verse 10, he said, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart. They've not known my ways. Verse 12, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Don't be like that, he said. Go back to Numbers uh, 20, and let's continue studying. If we don't know what happened, how can we avoid doing it ourselves? So we have been learning and growing. And like we've said previously, if, you have, if you've missed the previous lessons, and there are a number of them on this series, go to faithschool.org and look at the series Overcoming Unbelief. You can start from the beginning. And catch up with us. And class, do you think it would help them to go back and get to previous? It, uh, we believe it would. So uh, Numbers 20, 
is our 13th event of this unpersuadable unbelief. And in verse 1, it says, The children of Israel, uh, the whole congregation, came to the desert of Zin, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died and was buried there, and there was no water for the congregation. Will you have challenges in life, class? If you're a child of God, can you just breeze through life and never have a challenge? No, no, it's not. Anybody told you that, they told you wrong. Uh, because of the curse that's in the earth, because of the enemies that are arrayed against us, because of your own flesh, because of the wrong decisions of yourself or other people, you're going to encounter some issues and some challenges in life. Unavoidable. But tell me about a challenge. Tell me about a challenge, Claire. Huh? Every challenge is just another opportunity, right, for me to demonstrate faith in my God. Is that right? That I trust Him, that I believe Him, that I listen to Him. And, and if you respond in faith, it pleases Him. He didn't expect you to know everything or know all the answers, but when you look up, even through having to overcome fears and push away tears and cares and all that, but you look up and go, God, I don't feel good. You know, it's not, I don't understand, but I trust you. I'm depending on you. I'm holding on to you. That makes your father smile. One reason it pleases him, because he knows he can help you. He can get you out. He can get you through and he wants you to get through. That pleases him, but the trust itself pleases him. That you think enough of him and that you realize enough of his faithfulness that you say, Lord, I, I believe you can handle this. I believe you can show me how to handle it. I believe there is a way of total victory in this present situation. And that's the, you're the kind of person then that's going to see a miracle. Well, in Numbers 20, there was no water for the congregation, so this is a challenge. That's another opportunity for them to show that they trust God, that they have faith. But they did not. For the 13th major time, they chose to do what? Gather themselves against Moses and Aaron. Blame somebody else. And the people chode with Moses. That's the word for strive or wrangle, argue, we'd, we'd probably say fight. They fought against him and they said, would God we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. That is gross unbelief saying, I wish I was dead. That is absolutely no faith at all. And somebody said out loud, I'm not going to do this. I refuse to ever talk like this. I will never say, I wish I was dead. Now, if you've entertained that, or if you've entertained, you know, suicide, taking your own life, I understand. And, and my heart goes out. You, people can get in some bad situations. It's a fact. But... You got there, whether it's you or me, you got there by listening to the wrong thing and looking at the wrong thing, and you didn't have to. And, and maybe you didn't know some things you're learning now, 
but you never have to get there again. And if you're a child of God, people say, well, it's my life, it's my body. No, if you're a child of God, it's his. He bought your body. He paid for it. And you can't just, you know, destroy the, blow, put a bullet through the brain or slash the wrist or take a bunch of drugs. It ain't your body to destroy. He bought it. He paid for it. And if you'll ask him about it, he'll say, no, hands off. <laughs> Is that right? No. Let me help you. Let me get you out of this. Well, there ain't no way. You don't see a way. That doesn't mean there is no way. He knows it's easy for him. Yes, it may be impossible to you, but not to him. Not to him. And it's not impossible to those that believe. No. Give him an opportunity. Give him some time. Look to him. No. Do not consider suicide. And beside that, People have these crazy ideas about, well, then it'll all be over. How do you know? You ever been on the other side of death? Huh? Death is not the end. And if you're not saved, oh, I, I heard a fellow talking a while back, and he hung himself. And he died. But thankfully, some people found him, and the paramedics got to him in time, and they revived him. They got him back. And he was saying, he said, you know, he was so taken and tormented that he just wants to end it and get out of this and so he's made up his mind and he, he hung himself and as he at the moment he said he died and he's leaving his body he regretted it so bad he thought what did I do what have I and see the moment you get out of the feelings and the torment you realize what did I do what did I do and he said he was so racked with regret. And, and, and when they got him back, he was like, oh, God, thank you. Because people think, well, it, it'll, it'll all be over. No, no. You slip out of your body. Your body stops breathing and living. You don't stop existing. And if you don't know God, you're not going to heaven. You're not going to heaven. And you ruined any other chances you could have to get saved. No, friend. Everybody said out loud, suicide, suicide. Is, not is not the answer. Not the answer. And the only reason anybody would think so is because evil spirits have been coming, sitting on their shoulder, bringing these thoughts and feelings and pushing them to become hopeless and despondent. Everybody said out loud, every evil spirit, every, evil spirit. every lying spirit. Every Bringing death, bringing death and destruction and, destruction. and, depression. and depression. I rebuke you. I rebuke you. Leave, me. Leave me. I don't want you. Don't want Leave, you. Me. Leave me in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. I, will not I will not kill myself. Kill myself. I, don't to myself. I don't belong to myself. And my God, and my God will, bring me out. will bring me out. Hallelujah. He will. He would give him some time. Listen to him. Start listening to him instead of that other stuff. And uh, don't, don't, you know, the, the scripture said, you know, when they were in the jail and uh, uh, the earthquake came in the book of Acts and all their chains fell off and it was dark in there, but they couldn't see. And when the jailer realized that the doors were open, he assumed everybody's escaping and he was going to be executed, so he'd just kill himself. And, and Paul yelled out, do yourself no harm. 
Don't hurt yourself. Is that the word of God? Yes. Do yourself no harm. Say it out loud. Do yourself, Do yourself. No, harm. no harm. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. That includes cutting. You know, there are people that cut herself, cut herself, and act like it's some unique thing with their, uh, you know, psyche that, you know, people wouldn't understand. Oh, a lot of people have done that kind of thing. The madman of Gadara was a goth nudist. He was running around in the cemetery with no clothes on. He was so tormented, he would cut himself with stones. Is that, has that got anything to do with God? No. That's the enemy. As people have listened to and yielded to wrong spirits. But even him, even him, as far gone as he was, he's basically out of his head. And yet, next thing you know, he is clothed and clean. And in his right mind, saved and healed and delivered, loving Jesus. Hallelujah. Next thing you know, he's on a mission to go tell everybody that Jesus set him free. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Doesn't that beat suicide? Certainly. Don't believe the lies of the devil. And anytime you have those kind of thoughts or feelings come, don't sit there and go, oh God, oh God, I'm suicidal again. No, you didn't ask for those thoughts and feelings. You didn't generate them from inside you. They're coming from out here. Resist them. Resist them. Speak against them and say, no, shut up. Get out of here. No, I'm not going to kill myself. No, I'm not going to hurt myself. You foul spirits. Leave me in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said, resist the devil. What will happen next? What'll happen? He has to. He had no choice. He has to flee. Now, he may try to come back the next day, whatever. So what do you do? What do you do? You put him on the run again. And you keep doing that enough, you'll have less and less trouble with it. And you will be free. And then you'll get so busy enjoying the things of God that you won't have any desire uh, to hurt yourself, those kind of things will be in the, in the rear view. So they said, why did you bring us up into the wilderness that we and our cattle should die here? Why? No water. Verse 5, and you, and you made us to come up out of Egypt. So they're trying to act like, you know, we had a good situation there. Man, you know, we had, we had food, we had water. You remember water? <laughs> we had water and we, no, you were a slave. And you, you and your fathers and your grandfathers had cried in your nasty uh, cots at night and asked God for deliverance. And he sent it. And you are the first generation in 400 years to not belong to somebody else and to have your freedom and your health and your money and a place God picked out to give you. But you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't believe him. You wouldn't trust him. So they're blaming Moses now. You brought us out of Egypt into this evil place. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and they fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, take the rod and gather the assembly together, you and Aaron, your brother, and speak to the rock before their eyes. Everybody say, speak to the rock. Speak. Come on, say it again. Speak, Speak to, the to the rock. Now, 
Take the rod, but don't use the rod. Speak to the rock. And lest you think Moses just kind of got caught up and, and misunderstood. And no, 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 no. The Bible very clearly says that they rebelled against the commandment of the Lord. Why did they do this? Um, and why was it a deal? Why was it a problem? Well, um, for them to rebel against the word of the Lord, isn't that exactly what these people are doing? And you know, if we go on to read, it says, um, the Lord told Moses and Aaron they wouldn't go into the promised land either. And, and if you think, well, man, that, that seems so harsh. God is fair. He, he is the righteous judge of all the earth. If they're not going, the, all these people are not going into the promised land because of rebelling against God and disobeying Him and not listening and, and believing Him. How can He play favorites? Can you see this? With Moses and Aaron. When they are doing, on this occasion, the same thing. They're rebelling against the commandment of the Lord. Keep reading. Moses took the rod, verse 9, as the Lord commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? What, what are they about to do, Moses and Aaron? They're about to rebel against the commandment of the Lord. And what's he calling these people? Rebels. Is he judging them? For being rebels. And what's he about to do? Rebel. Is this a lesson to learn? Oh. Oh friend. Oh friend. Jesus said in Matthew 7. Judge not. So you won't be judged. Is that right? In Romans the second chapter. He said he that judges is guilty of the same thing. To judge is to be a hypocrite is to be dishonest about what you yourself have done. And I'm not, I'm not judging Moses. <laughs> I'm reading the scriptures. And what, we need to, what do we need to learn from this? Some say, well, that's just, that's just sad. Moses and Aaron's such good people. I know, but you've got to understand the dangers of unbelief. It's contagious. Oh, can you see this? Can you see this? Anger is contagious. Judging is contagious. And here uh, Moses' sister just died. And here they should have been in the promised land months and months ago. But they're not. And he's still dealing with problems they should no longer be dealing with. And everybody blames him. And he's just fed up with it. He's tired of it. You and I going to judge him? No. no. <laughs> we weren't there. Is that right? Do you think you'd have gotten tired of that? Sure you would. Oh, man. And remember what we talked about several lessons ago? Is that what the enemy watches for? When you get down? When you get tired? 
when you get weak, that's when he's going to come and push you to do something stupid. Hmm? Just like killing yourself, like we were talking earlier. He watches for when you, you're not dealing with the situation like you should be. And for time after time after time that these people blamed him and railed against him and pressured him, he and Aaron would just go and fall down in front of the, the tabernacle and say, God, what do we do? What do we do? And he'd show them and they'd do it. And even when God was so upset with the people till he said, stand back, just get out of the way. And, and, and we will do away with this bunch and start over with you. He, Moses would say, no, no, they're your people. You brought them out. Uh, and he would plead and intercede and get mercy. But he came to a point where he's just tired. And he's weird with, should you be on the watch when you get tired? Huh? Should you be on the watch about making decisions when you're tired? And weary. Should you be on the watch about what comes out of your mouth? Huh? When you, yeah, yeah. He just, can you hear his language? He said, Here now, you bunch of rebels. <laughs> Should Moses take a time out? <laughs> Should he? Should he? <laughs> Should somebody who's a friend come up and go, Moses, Moses, uh -uh. hey, huh? Mm. <laughs> let's uh, come let's go back to the tabernacle and let's wait on God some and why because he's off he's not his usual self he's not if you go back to Numbers 12 verse 3 I think it is it said uh, the man Moses he was the meekest man on earth is this how humble people talk? You bunch of rebels. Are we going to have to get water? Whoa, 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 whoa. We going to get water? Out of the rock? Can you see? There's a lot of problems with this, isn't there? This is not making a technical mistake. This is Moses having a breakdown of sorts, spiritually. This is him... And did he have to do this? No, not anymore. Then they had to do it. But if you walk with wise men, hmm? the Bible says you'll be wise. If you're a companion of fools, you'll be destroyed. Why? Uh, evil communications corrupt good manners. The King James says, what does that mean? These things are spiritual influence and they are real. And being around them night and day, night and day, think about the isolation. There's, as far as we know, four, if you count Moses' wife, five, I don't know, a half dozen people in a group of two million. Huh? That are believing God and thinking right and acting, responding right to God. Think of the unremitting pressure of this despicable. The Bible said God despised it. It made him mad. 
Well, if it makes God mad, it ain't going to be ridiculous that you don't like it. Is that right? And he's got more patience than you do. Is that right? And so on this day, Moses just, he went the wrong way. I think he didn't half care whether the water came out or not. <laughs> Said out loud, anger, anger. Unbelief, unbelief is contagious, is contagious. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. What you're around, who you're around, that environment. Even if you are the strongest of the strong over a period of months and years, it can have a wearing effect. It wears on you. Wears on you. And here they are, you know, Moses, Aaron, you brought us out here to kill us. You haven't got us into the promised land. Your fault. Your fault. Where are we going to get water? What are you going to do about it? Next thing you know, he's talking that way too. You rebels, you bunch of ingrates, <laughs> right? <laughs> are we going to have to beat water out of this rock? And he missed God and did the same thing they were doing and got the same judgment and got robbed like they did. Somebody say, not me. By the grace of God, I purpose not to let unbelief contaminate me in Jesus' name. Well, time's up again, but how many think it is well worth spending time on this? Because to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Well, come back next time. There's much more to see. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Sure enjoyed being with you again this week in Faith School. At the end of the week, I always like to uh, pray over all of our partners, Phyllis and I and all of our staff here are so thankful for everybody that prays for us and believes in us and sows seed into this. And your sowing into us gives us a right to use our faith for your finances as well. For one thing we kept seeing this week is how unbelief blames others. It's a trap of the enemy. And you see sometimes financially people are in trouble and lack and problems and people get mad at, at other people for giving them bad advice or deals that they shouldn't have gotten into and, and things that have cost them severely. But one thing we must acknowledge is who made us do that? Could we have prayed and heard from God and been led better and not do that? So you must stop blaming other people. That includes the government. That includes the company you work for. That includes everybody. Stop blaming other people. Let me lead you in a prayer. Father, I take responsibility for my own choices and uh, forgive me in anyone that I didn't listen to you and didn't follow you fully. I ask for mercy. And Lord, I do. I ask for mercy for our partners, regardless of the bad mistakes that were made or the wrong associations or the wrong involvements. We're admitting we should have listened better, 
but we're asking for mercy, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. I'm believing for that with you. Well, we'll see you again soon back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.